0: You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros, and top instructors come to share their stories, insights, and tips. Now, back to you, Chris.
1: All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is PGA Tour rules official Stephen Cox. Stephen has been a rules official since 1998. He had an accomplished amateur career over in the U.K., including captaining the Great Britain, to, uh, Great Britain team to a bronze medal in the 1996 World Student Championship and winning the Lincolnshire Open as an amateur. And I'm excited that he is back with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Stephen, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Chris, it's my absolute pleasure. Calling you from Philadelphia, of all places, getting ready for next week's bmw championship so uh i'm excited to be back on the show
1: well i appreciate that very much so talk about that as i uh, was talking at the at the top of the show you guys you the, you and your peers with the with the rules officials are there inside the ropes you're helping with course layout and setup things of that nature talk about what you're doing up there in philly right now
0: yeah, so traditionally at a, at a tour event, we uh, someone like myself will be on site one week prior to to the tour event, getting things ready. Now, you know, Aronimink is is the is the facility that we're at this year for the BMW Championship, and I've probably made since we knew that we were coming here, uh, I would say probably two or three visits per year um, to to work with the WGA and Errolnamic. Golf club to to ensure that everything is in order when I turn up this week. That uh, obviously it t- takes an enormous amount of time and and planning to build the size of structures that are built in these modern day sporting events. They don't just go up overnight. You can't just build them in a week. Uh, the permitting etc that takes place to get these huge amounts of structures, road closures etc takes a huge amount of planning from everybody. And and uh, so I'd make you know two or three visits a year and. And, uh, you know, as we move closer, I, you know, we, we sort of putting the fine-tuning on everything from structure placement to the agronomics of the golf course, for example. You know, in terms of rough heights, you can't just grow rough overnight. Um, you know, it's not as if we just turn up a week prior and say, okay, we want the rough at four inches or we want it at two inches. You know, these things need to be thought out in advance. So, um, And then this week, for me, it's just a case of just fine-tuning, really, um, here in Philadelphia where... We're experiencing some unseasonally high temperatures, so we're sort of trying to manage that a little bit. Um, it's up in the 100 degrees mark, which is not exactly ideal for for, for grass at this time of year. So John Goslin and his team are doing an outstanding job in just sort of babying the grasses through before we uh, before we start drying them down and get getting the, the grasses to what we would regard to tournament heights and, and tournament speeds for our, our putting surfaces. But thankfully, I work with the WGA. Um and they're a very accomplished organization. and have been doing this for many years, running the Western Gulf, uh, West Western Open. And so I don't have, have too many issues to face. And we have a wonderful sponsor in BMW as well. who He used to staging international events. So we're, we're very fortunate on that front.
1: And, Stephen, to your point of, a moment ago about temperatures, when Mother Nature isn't cooperating, you know, in any number of different directions, right? Whether it's you're getting too much rain, you're not getting enough rain, or the temperatures are what you're experiencing at such a high degree. What, what can you guys do? I mean, where where do you go for that kind of thing to make sure that the, you know, that the playing conditions are the way that the tournament wants them. They're not too soft and so the greens are really spongy or you're not in danger when you're trying to slow these things down that, like we've seen in some events, particularly at the U.S. Open, sometimes some of these greens can get away from you. How do you prevent that kind of thing and stay on top of course conditions so they play the way you want them to?
0: Well, it's difficult. Whenever Mother Nature throws her hat in the ring, it's, it, it does present us with with, with challenges. Um, But fortunately, technology has advanced over the years to allow us to really try and combat as much of this as possible. And and modern day drainage in terms of green green construction has has allowed us to, you know, to to allow us to still retain relatively firm and fast greens should we get large amounts of rainfall. You know, I'm sure you've heard the the word sub-air system. And thrown around during the, the golf course broadcasts where, where it allows us to essentially suck the moisture out of the greens and and uh, retain our optimum uh, green moisture um, green probes nowadays are are, are very prevalent throughout um, the agronomic world certainly in tournament golf to ensure that you know large green complexes five six seven eight thousand square foot greens we have consistency across all of the green and as opposed to just running a you know a sprinkler head around the green complex and watering all of the green we now can really very you know particularly if we have a drought dial in exactly what part of the green is retaining moisture and maybe doesn't need too much water as opposed to the high spots which are drying out and then we can we can really hand pick and and uh, be very finite about the way we we irrigate our, our playing surfaces. And, and as a result, the consistency that you see week to week on the tour is, is usually exceptional. And um, not only are the clubs that we're working with, that those personnel are fantastic. We also have a full-time tour agronomist who travels. We're fortunate that who, someone like me, from a rules perspective, we have someone from the agronomy side who travels with with myself and, and it's, it's a very much a partnership between ourselves and the club, and, and uh, we're very fortunate to have that wealth of experience week to week to ensure that our playing services are, are what our players want them to be. So it's, it's really moved on over the last, you know, ten or fifteen years into the product that it is today, and I suspect the way certainly technology is advancing, we're only going to get um, more knowledgeable and uh, you know different products are going to come onto the onto the marketplace you know back 15 20 years ago if you ran the irrigation you ran it for the entire golf course now you can actually not just green complex but you can just do fairways if you wish and not or just do the rough and if you want firm and fast fairways but you want you want the rough to grow then you, you can really section off certain parts of the golf course which is something that we've you know ordinarily didn't have didn't have available to us so it's 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 not ideal Mother nature but it's something that we're an outside sport and something that we've you know we've got to live with
1: Stephen, you also mentioned structure placement did you ever come back to an event uh you know getting close to when the event is actually gonna you know start to tee off and that sort of thing and find that uh, a sponsor or somebody put a structure where you guys said no there can't you can't have a structure you guys need to hurry up and get that thing down
0: were you were you were you out with me today <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a sponsor. it wasn't a sponsor funk um hospitality it was actually a tv tower and um that we would unfortunately had one sighted in the wrong in the wrong place and and it would have it, it would have caused me a little bit of a headache so when i was driving around this morning first time i'd been on site i stumbled across it and i was like oh and um fortunately the the contractor who we work with we We're very familiar with them. We work with them every week and they are, you know, in production, who we've got this week are terrific. And, um, you know, I made a quick call to MDC and obviously they're a very, very strong partner of ours along with CBS and uh, the Golf Channel. And it's not, it's not common that this happens, but, you know, all I'm saying is that's why I'm here. I'm here to foresee situations which we don't want to occur during tournament play. So, you know, obviously, we've got to accept that these structures are on the golf course, and there are balls which are going to be in and around them. But you know, our, our job is to try and limit that as much as we can, and if necessary, we just we're going to have to make the decision to move one. And and I did that today, much to the displeasure of the guys who had to take it down and put it somewhere else. So, but it, it does happen, unfortunately.
1: And Stephen, I know you're intimately involved. And what goes on uh, for the Players Championship and uh, and the course there at TPC Sawgrass and and last year Hurricane Irma did a number on the Jacksonville area, including some pretty extensive damage to the golf course. I know you guys were working around the clock to get that golf course, you know, into playing conditions and to meet the you know the specifications that we're all used to watching at the Players Championship, including having to have some holes redesigned. So wanted to get your thoughts. How do you feel about? how the course turned out and how the how the championship played this year.
0: I think all in all we were we were absolutely thrilled with 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 what how it all played out given given the turmoil that we went through uh in you know in September October and the and the, the clean up that a lot of the east coast faced and um and we we were with a, a wonderful bunch down there and and you know it was we we had to just look at it from a different angle, and we and we we realised that actually in many ways it created us an opportunity to do things ordinarily we wouldn't have wanted to do because there were such large amounts of tree damage and ordinary big big established trees that we'd never have touched. And so it, 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 once we'd got over the initial shock of how many trees we'd lost and and certainly out back of uh 12 and 13 it, it allowed us to potentially move in a different area and or a different direction so we sort of put a positive spin on it um but um you know we're still we're still suffering a little bit in terms of the the effect of of, of the last two hurricanes really i mean that it's a it's a very much a a tree-lined golf course chris and and the number of trees which are probably approaching about a thousand trees now over the last two or three years, that combined with having enormous enormous problems with um, with beetle damage in in North Florida um, and South Georgia, which is attacking the pine trees, which are very obviously very native to golf courses like sawgrass and TBC sawgrass. So, we're having to sort of rethink a little bit um, because, you know, holes which um, you traditionally see on TV rely on trees, um, to which, you know, which are part of the strategic nature of that particular golf hole. And when you, you're in threat of losing those, then the integrity of the golf hole tends to go away. So, you know, we are working through that right now in terms of trying to protect our our forestry for not just the next five or ten years, but you know for the next hundred years. And but of course, trees don't grow very quickly, so um, you know it's a difficult it's a difficult ask. But you know, in answer to your question, all in all, we were thrilled with 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 the championship. And and I mean, look, the the great thing about that particular golf course is is, is that it, it doesn't favour any one type of player. It's not a long golf course. It's not a short golf course you have to drive the ball well. If you do so, then you're going to put yourself in a position where you can score. And of course, we saw that Webb Simpson. I mean, he drove the ball exceptionally well. He's not one of the longest hitters on the tour, but the way he drove the ball and put his ball in play, then, you know, he gave himself the opportunity to score and the greens were fantastic. And yeah, he took advantage of that. Now, if you drive it crooked around there, it's going to be difficult. And, and, you know, some guys who try to force the issue, they're the ones who either missed the cut or didn't feature too well. So, but All in all, you know with what we've been through over the last six to eight months, I, th- I think we were all all delighted.
1: And Stephen, with the shift to having the event next year in mid March, are you nervous at all uh, you know if we had maybe a colder than normal winter that it could impact the course
0: conditions? So I think here's the, here's the deal. So we are in we were in May, which and our our prominent grass was Bermuda. And that was always one of our issues, is that we have a very, very short growing window to grow Bermuda grass in North Florida, because, you know, Bermuda grass, it it needs temperatures in the 80s, you know, 80s plus to really stimulate and grow. Well, our greens were always very, very just struggling to come out of dormancy, because it didn't really get that hot until, you know, maybe March time. So we were always up against it. Now it offers us the opportunity to move to cool season grasses. So in the past where we haven't overseeded, we've played a blanket um, Bermuda Greens, Bermuda Fairways, Bermuda Tees. Now, because of the cool weather date, it allows us to overseed the golf course. So when I say that is that we're now going to go with, with a ryegrass, which is that emerald green that when you turn on your television screens in, um, in April – and you turn on an Augusta, that is, that is the emerald green is the overseed. Now, if you were to turn on your TV screens at Augusta in, in August, you'd see Bermuda grass because that would have just dominated and the, and the ryegrass would have died off. So so the look and the play of the golf course at sawgrass for the Players' Championship in March is going to be totally different. The visuals will be different. Now, Bermuda grass, for me, is never a particularly attractive grass. You know, you a lot of, you know, mutation and and um and stuff it's difficult to to make it look pretty and and the rough not that we necessarily wanted huge amounts of rough but it was a very it was a very sparse two and a half inches of bermuda and um didn't really didn't really challenge the players too much now we're moving into cool weather grasses we can have as much or little as rough as we want we're very much in control of our own destiny i think the other thing is that you know in may we can have, you know, unseasoned you know, again very warm weather, and so you know what we've found is that guys, people, a lot of spectators will come out there and it get to the heat of the day, and then they'll just retire to the, you know, to either the hospitality areas or, for that matter, just return either home or to their hotels and watch the, you know, the conclusions on the, on the on the television. Whereas in March, with the lower temperatures, that will be a far more conducive environment to being able to watch tournament golf. You know, hopefully, it's not going to be 85 or 90 degrees as we've somewhat experienced in May. So it's going to be a totally different feel. Um, yes, we run the risk of it possibly being a little bit, you know, windy and get the old squall come through that you just get in March. But fingers crossed. Hopefully, those are few and far between. And uh, I think that golf course needs a little bit of wind anyway, quite frankly. So um, I- I'm genuinely looking forward to it. I really am.
1: Stephen switching gears a little bit with respect to rulings that you've had to deal with so far this season. What what are some of the situations that have given you guys some trouble or left you shaking your heads regarding some rulings you had to administer out on the uh, out on the golf course? Well,
0: well, that's a that's a perfect lead into the to the new rules Chris because there's nothing worse as we move closer to January the 1st 2019 when we are all you know, we're all working with new rules in, our, in, in, in sort of in our, with our right hand, but we're still operating in tournament golf the rules uh, as we know them today in our left hand. So, uh, we, it just it, we've had a, in a number of different situations. And blame Barber, bless his soul. He's, he's I mean he's a tremendous young man, and he's going to you know, he's obviously going to be out here for many years playing on tour. And it, whatever reason, every time the kid has a ruling you know it's one of those rules where you know he he gets penalized but you know full well that in literally in about 6 months time that rule's going away because you know it's relatively innocuous and it's one of those types of rules that we just want to just clean up and it's not you know not not fair so i think any time you get a situation where you're penalizing a player and you know fundamentally it's not correct um but it is what it is then I think that's, that's where we start to, you know, get a little bit frustrated. But thankfully, uh, with the enormous amounts of work that has been put in over the last four or five years through, you know, not just the USGA and the RNA, I think that's worth clarifying. I mean, obviously, they are the governing body of our game and and have done wonderful amounts of, of behind-the-scenes work with their various committees in making these these um, transitions with the input of the, the various tours, the European Tour and our our own PGA Tour rule staff, the Ladies Tour have, have been involved as as of the PGA of America. So those people who are working at the front end, doing it in a practical environment, have helped to ensure that you know the rules going forward are you know simple to understand, easy to navigate, and 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 hopefully when people tune in on, you know, whenever they tune in on it, whether it be online or whether it be on the the, the broadcast, that they're not seeing people like me penalize a player for something silly and innocuous. So um, hopefully that sort of answers your question.
1: Yeah, it does. So the the biggest rules issue, I think, that that we all experienced right it was the Phil Mickelson thing at the at the US Open right hitting a rolling putt and I was curious to get your thought have you ever seen anything like that through the course of your career where a guy whether whether Phil just was frustrated and you know hit it out of out of that or in sort of just sort of temporarily lost his mind or he did it to bring attention to how fast and out of control the Greens had gotten and burned out and all those sorts of things and wanted to make a point to the USGA, whatever it was. Have you ever seen anyone sort of do something like that?
0: No, I I, I haven't. Not not, um, to that degree. I mean, I've seen clips of, I think, Kirk Triplett did something similar to that somewhere on one of the US Open courses, maybe at Olympic, I think. Um uh, but not to to the degree that that phil did it i th- I think with Phil, I think you know his love and desire of the u s open and his you know, and you know he's the only one he hasn't won he's he's come so close i think he i think he went in there with great expectations. I think he genuinely liked the golf course i I just think that you know as as we all do um occasionally. Uh, I'm not trying to defend what he did but I think he I think he just became so frustrated with many things not necessarily all to do with setup you know maybe the standards of his play etc etc I think he just had a total total you know momentary lapse of reason and he ended up doing what he did which was you know unfortunate really to say the least
1: So let's talk about some of these rules that uh, are about to change. And and one of the things that I'm finally glad to see is going away is the penalty for repairing a spike mark on the green. That one seems like one of those that's long overdue. What are you, your thoughts? Is this something that you guys have been talking about for years, like I can't believe this is a penalty and now we finally are going to get to move on from it?
0: Yeah, I, I think we've, we we discussed this one quite, you know, in length because I think there was – a, a there was there was a couple of concerning points um, with regards to okay if we're going to allow this what are we going to allow the player to fix um, the the obvious kickback was if we do allow this uh, which quite frankly we were all keen we were all keen because we were as 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 tour officials we were somewhat boxed into a corner in the fact that the rule currently doesn't allow, you know, it allows you to obviously repair pitch marks and and old hole plugs on the green, but it it, it doesn't allow you to repair other damage. Well, you know, obviously the greens that we're playing on are so pure that, um, you know, know, without too much difficulty, you know, the groups behind can be left severely hampered uh, with, Somebody who's just careless, for example, um, not necessarily someone who bangs a club on the on the ground and leaves an indentation mark there, for example, which again is another causes an, an issue from a rules of golf standpoint. Um, but someone who just scuffs their foot, and um, you know, we're caught in a bit of a quandary as to players had a lovely shot in there to about eight feet, the group behind has, and, and all of a sudden he's got to put through this just you know huge amounts of a spike mark scuff and. Um, you know, and it's very, very frustrating for us when we, you know, we've got to make a judgment call as to whether we would consider that to be, you know, abnormal or whether we would just have to just say, well, you know, that's just part of the game, and it's tough luck. So we were very keen for this to move forward, um, but we we're obviously just concerned, uh, you know, a little bit about how long, if we did allow this to happen, how long it would take. But I think the general consensus is we're we're, we're at a, you know, at a, a really good place, and and uh, to allow a player to. To, you know, just to repair indentations and uh, and other marks made by you know the feet, etc. is a, is a good thing. And um, and hopefully, you know, the, the whole the putting surfaces for everybody. Will you know will be you know better for those groups behind. So, uh, but I think you know the spin off from that in terms of putting green, you know, there's so many other things, things like you know you couldn't touch your line of putt. You know, in doing so, you're playing with a partner and you can't touch a line of, you know, you're pointing out a line for putting and you couldn't do that and you'd be penalized and all this simple sort of stuff that it was just really irrelevant. And we've, we've really done a really good job of cleaning that stuff up as well. And then, um, and then obviously moving a little bit further on to the things like the flag stick, for example, on the potting green. You know, that's again, it's common sense. You and I are playing together, we both hit our ball, you know, 60, 70 feet away from the flag on a similar location to the green. Well, one of us has got to walk all the way up and, and hold the flag in, in the current format, or you risk, you know, having two shots for hitting the flag. Well, now you and I, the chances of us hitting the flag are, is very slim. We may well not, you know, to save time, we, we're we just going to go ahead and putt with the flag in. And if it hits it, then, you know, no penalty. Good luck. So I think there's a lot of good common sense changes with regards to the putting green.
1: Stephen, one more before I let you go. And uh, just, you've been inside the ropes for, for so many years. What are some of the more amazing things that you've had a front row seat to watch as a, uh, as a rules official?
0: Oh dear. That's a good question. Chris. Um, I I think, I think the thing for me is I'm never, I'm never ceased to be amazed with the quality, the consistent quality of, of these guys who are playing in the, in the, in the current era. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot, an awful lot of focus right now on, in terms of how far the golf ball is going. Um, but but this modern generation of players player is seems to me to be very very dialed in in terms of what they're doing out here. They they're all um, working with their team. You know you know back in the day used to probably just consist of you know a caddy, but you know now it's they're very very the, the modern day they they are athletes golfers nowadays. I mean they are very. They're very tuned, they they're using technology to the best of their knowledge and and they're taking that onto the golf course. So the standard of play that we're seeing week to week is just truly phenomenal, which for us who are setting up golf courses is you know, is, is challenging because, you know, back in the day of having a four hundred and fifty yard par four, well, that was a good golf hole. But now, you know, when you're th- you're flying at three hundred and rolling out another fifteen or twenty and these guys are flipping a Putting sort of a little gap wedge in from from 120. So the way we've gone about sort of changing our philosophy in terms of setting up golf courses as you know has had to shift to to still continually challenge these players because you know there's not out of a hundred and we've got 70 players playing next week and of those 70 any 70 could win any 70 could shoot the lights out at any moment if they get the if they get their boots on it's it's You know, there's no passengers anymore, Chris. It's the the standard and strength in depth across all of the Tour. I know we're whittling down now in the Tour Championship. We've got 100 playing up here at the Delta Technologies Championship up in Boston. We've got 70, and then the next 30 go on to the Tour Championship. But, I mean, on a regular week, when you've got 156, the standard is just phenomenal. And uh, I think that's the thing that really stands out for me. And, and you're dealing with you know obviously when you're dealing with clubs, and this week is no different at Aronimang. They're obviously very proud of their golf course, and uh, I, I, but I say to them, I said, hey, you're going to have 70 players, 70 of the best players in the world playing next week. If one of them's on, they're on. There's no stopping them. You know, we we're not going to trick it up. We're going to set it up as, as as firm and as hard as we possibly can. But if they're on, there's no stopping them. It's it's a it's a absolute Pleasure, and it's a it's I'm privileged to be, you know, a right at the front end, you know, watching and working with these guys, and you know, I'm blessed to do what I do, so it's uh it's an honor.
1: Well, Stephen, before we let you go, remind our listeners how can they follow you guys, whether it's you or you know the guys that you are working with. How can they stay up to date with all the things you guys are doing, whether it's online or it's over social media?
0: Well, we've um, uh, PGA Tool Rules has got a, a Twitter handle. Um, that's always a good, good little, um, source of information for, for, um, for questions. If, um, if you, if you, and particularly as we move forward with that, with the new rules, just, you know, just jump onto the, onto Twitter, PJ tool rules and, uh, and fire as a question. I mean, obviously we've got a lot of changes coming here in 2019, which, um, which are gonna be a little bit tricky to digest for those of us who have been playing the game for a long time. So um and for for that matter if you see something on the broadcast, um, which you have a question about, whether it be uh agronomically or um anything to do with the competition of play, um please reach out to us. We're a, we're a you know, we're a great bunch of guys and um we're more than happy to uh, to try and help educate um our, our fans across across the world. So um Don't hesitate to to touch base on that front.
1: Well, Stephen, it's always a lot of fun having you as part of the show. I look forward to catching up with you when you guys are here for the Tour Championship in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. But I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of this show. It's always a thrill, my friend.
0: Chris, it's an absolute pleasure, and thanks for doing what you're doing. You're doing an awesome job. I appreciate you, Stephen.
1: Take care. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you when you're here. Thank you. Take care, Stephen. That's Stephen Cox of the PGA Tour Rules Officials. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of rules changing, and um, it's fantastic stuff. It's So many of the things have been a long time coming. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, Stephen has looked around and those guys have looked around and say, you know what, hey, we need to go ahead and change some of these things because some of the things that we're doing are no longer really applicable in the game of golf. And, and that one about the spike marks and, and, well, you know, some of the other stuff. And I was really uh, surprised to see that if you double hit a ball coming in January, it's no longer a two-stroke penalty, that there's no penalty. For that, so I, I highly encourage you to go on the USGA site, take a look at all of the rules changes that are coming up because there are a lot and they are significant. But a lot of them, you know, time has sort of come and gone for when that they they were really applicable for to be rules. And a lot of the things I'm sure you and me have both sort of looked at it in the rules of golf and said, shake our you know shaking our head, going, you know what, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm glad that most of those are now gone by the wayside. Can't wait for January.